0: I never knew. I never knew that that you were the link. I mean maybe I did. Maybe I heard it. Cause I mean I went through a ton of footage when I when I was doing the timeline edit for Mandel for that instead <laughs> thing. But like I never knew just because I in my mind I assumed, well, since Rich came in the band after the band had been formed. Oh, it must have been Kev or Steve or Bear or someone in the band already had that relationship with Roger, but it was you. And it's really interesting to me that you're um like you were so into it. Like so into this music that I'm I mean honestly, and this is nothing against the McLaughlin brothers, but to me, it's like it's almost like you were always in the band, you know. Exactly. It,
1: it, 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 it's odd, you know. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think. I mean, you could tell that was. I think that's why they weren't in the band for very long. Is because they were. Yeah, you know, they picked. They knew how to play the instruments a little bit. They liked the records a little bit. They also liked the beach and whatever else they liked. So it wasn't something they were really into. This was. They weren't all about it. Where Kev was all about it, and and Steve was all about it. So like, there was very different so uh, when you got the four of us together when I finally joined the band that's why just, it stayed that way till the end um, we were just all one and the same so how does epitaph
0: happen I mean walk me through the mechanics of that because obviously at the time they were I mean even before you know the whole offspring thing happened epitaph was still a premier label like anyone even I mean even now obviously you'd be stoked to be on epitaph but, sure. but but back then epitaph was a different thing can you kind of walk me through how that how that happened
1: yeah um, we were we were doing good you know locally we we the 7 inch was out now we've been touring a few times now we we're playing tons of local shows bolden voice uh, you know we we're on their radar so when when big punk shows would come through they would have us open the shows because they knew that we could draw people and we were playing quite a bit of shows at the time you know you can catch us a few times a month in between orange county l.a san diego and so one of the shows um was barry Religion at the country club and um i don't think we were on their radar at all until that night when i think brett probably saw our merch booth next to theirs and we were out selling them i mean we were selling tons of merch at the time as you remember probably oh yeah and, and we were drawing kids to the country club. We'd played there a ton of times already. And so it, we just, he kind of like noticed us and was like, I want to do a hardcore record. And, you know, some, somehow he was able to get Kev's number overnight and called him, which was, I think it shocked Kevin. Um, and uh, But at the time, Epitaph was not a big label. They were, a I guess, a big label looking back, but it, they weren't on our radar. You know, we... You know wishing well but then wishing well wasn't didn't exist now nemesis exists and we were happy doing the record with them and then along comes the guy from bad religion like again i remind you how could hell be anywhere's my favorite record it happened to be one of kev's favorite records that also we're playing with bad religion as this tiny band and and then like the, then the guy calls and says Do you want to put a record on my label with that religion what are we going to say no so you know, so we were we were thrilled because we didn't know what we were going to do next. But it was around the time that we started thinking about it. And so he, along comes Brett. And at the time, it was just Barreligion Religion and No Effects. That was it. You know, and they had they had some kind of stuff in the early days. They did a Thelonious Monster record and a Vandal's record. But that was a, almost like a different weird thing. Um, it was you knew about Epitaph through the through the barrel Religion records and the No Effects records. Were so you silent. excited
0: to be on Epitaph at that at that time?
1: I was just excited cuz it was connected to Bad Religion. I didn't understand the, 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 how big it was going to become or how important it was or anything like that or, or, or how professional it was as far as distribution. I didn't know. I just these guys are going to put us in the studio and put the record out. Fantastic. And it happens to be Brett, the guy that wrote the, you know, How can El Be Anywhere? Yeah, it sounds good.
0: It all goes back to that van, the guy's moshing, and bad religion. Yeah. What was that recording like? Because now it's, I mean, I remember also from the documentary, um, he kind of, like, correct me if I'm wrong, he met with you guys and sort of looked at dates on the calendar and said, okay, yeah, we're going to record on this date, and like correct me if i'm wrong you guys didn't necessarily have all the songs
1: right or no we didn't have hardly anything we were just barely at the at the beginning process of writing and along comes this deal and and we didn't know how fast it was going to be like oh let's get you in the studio in six weeks or whatever like we're thinking well yeah whenever you're ready to make the record you're signed to us and come on over and record but he was there like business style like hey let's get you in here and i got some time and this month. And so it put a little bit of pressure on us. And it's funny because then around that time, it was 1990, um, the sound of, of the hardcore scene was changing quite a bit. You know, it went from being this like a uh, mixed bag of punk rock and hardcore, and, and everyone was kind of together, outcasts, to being like this whole straight edge youth true movement had kind of moved through the scene, and we were part of that. And then now we're going into this more crossover agnostic had cause for alarm and the chrome had the age of quarrel, and a lot of people were really into that stuff and so they uh, all of a sudden you had bands like judge that and things like that were happening and so that sound was was changing um and we were just like you know we, we're not going to do that type of sound so we just stuck to our guns and, and did what we like and um, but we had to we had to write that record pretty quick. Um, also, you know, another thing that was happening was, Kev. Um, we had to we had to help write a lot of lyrics because he was really um, he was dating the girl who became his wife, and uh, he was checked out a little bit. And so that was the that was the first kind of change that happened that made us go. We're not the four guys jump in the car. Let's go grab lunch. Let's go to the record store, and then we'll go to a concert at night. Kev was like oh, I'm going out with Jen, you know, whatever. And so it's you know, was it, he wasn't there 100%. So not only did we write a lot of the music, I, I had to chip in on a lot of lyrics. And um, it was a lot of pressure. Because it was like now we're at this level too, of like Epitaph Records. And then now like we're not how we worked a year ago, you know.
0: Is that what ultimately, because I remember being at the show at Spanky's, which was and ultimately ended up being Instead's last show. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Well, no, you guys, you guys tore off
1: of what we believe, right? Like we did, we, we did. We were supposed to go to Europe because at the time they had a gateway, like Epitaph had been or Bad Religion had been there, and they're like, okay, we're going to send you to Europe, and it's going to be great. And we're like, oh, that sounds fantastic! Another you know territory to go play. And um, when the record came out, there was the whole Desert Storm war was going on, and there was some concerns about electronics and flying and all this stuff. So. We had planned. We had set time aside to go out to Europe. All of a sudden, Europe was off the table. We didn't know what to do. We printed up some shirts and did a new another U.S. tour, which we were happy to do. Um, so we did that. We did tour off that. By the time we came home, though, there was, you know, from making the record to touring, it was slightly different experience.
0: So. Um, and then at and then at that point, you guys. So then we 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 end up. So you guys played the country club. I remember you guys played Gorilla Biscuits down by law. Terrific show. Um, And then there was, I think, some... And then I think after that, you guys played at the Palladium with... um, Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, exactly. And it was like... It was awesome. Awesome. And then I'm sure there were some other shows. And then comes the final show at Spanky's. And, like... I've just, you know, Kev, you know, Kev gave what I thought was a really good speech and kind of like, you know, why you guys were were breaking up. Can you, for like people that don't know, talk about why instead? Like, you know, you guys are like Floyd Mayweather, you know, retires at fifty and zero. Why, like, why, why leave when you guys are at the, you know, you guys are at the top of your game and you know your records out. You're on the big label. Why? Why you know leave?
1: Yeah, it was it was hard. You know, looking back, it was hard for, for Steve and I talk about this all the time because we continue doing music for you know, twenty years later. Um, but at the time, it was like we were all about instead and our ethics and, and this and that. And it was it was the scene. We're not going to sell out, do a cash grab, play big venues, inflate the prices of t-shirts, blah blah blah, whatever. And we realized. Making what we believe was, was a little bit more challenging because Kev was kinda of checking out a little bit. And if he doesn't you know, he he ultimately moved to Colorado really shortly after the band broke up. So he was already on his way out. He kinda of had an exit plan and he came to us and said, Look, guys, you know, I'm just I'm not hundred percent anymore and you know, we decided to, to call it a quit. it was it was kind of a shocking thing to us too. And I think Bear was kinda of checking out too, like on that last tour, he was like rushing to get home and he was dating a girl too, so I think that stuff is just changing, and it was just a natural evolution. But it was not how I wanted it to go. I wanted it to, and it was definitely not how Epitaph wanted it to go. They were ready for us to come back and make a second record. The first, what we believed, had done well, and they were excited for the next one. And we had to, you know, break the news to He was not happy about it.